Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Experience Van Life, the podcast. I'm Alex. And I'm Frankie. And together, we are traveling across North America in our 2003 Dodge Sprinter. Woohoo! Right now, we're on our way of hitting 71 mountains this season. And to give you guys an update of where we are and what's going on, we are now at mountain number 40 of 71, which is just (laughs) mind-blowing. Uh, but yeah, we're at mountain number 40. We're in Utah right now. We just did solitude uh, yesterday. Um, but we do have to go backtrack a little bit because we had some issues with the van. Yeah, so we were up uh, a bit further north. We did Big Sky in Montana. I almost feel like I need to look at the list to remember all the names. Yeah, so we did we... Big Sky in Montana, which was awesome. Yeah. And then we went to Jackson Hole. And at Jackson Hole... <laughs> Uh, we started to notice a little bit of a leak. We had a really cold overnight, and... Well, the first thing that we noticed was not the leak. The first thing we noticed was the fan. Which fan? The fan, the main fan on the truck. Oh, this was just the worst day ever. Yeah, yeah. So when we got there at night, I went and looked underneath the hood just because I felt like things weren't running exactly right. Uh, we were losing a little bit of power, and I popped open the hood and I look underneath the hood and sure enough I find our fan not moving with the fan clutch Mm. so that is a big deal and luckily um, one of the bolts was still connected so I was able to uh, get another one of the bolts on uh, two more bolts on there the next morning yeah we spent like an hour at Napa to get them on there it was freezing cold freezing cold and it took us so long to get the car started that morning that was so scary Honestly, we were worried that we weren't going to get it started. Our car is the 2003. It's a bit older, so you have to plug in the glow plug to warm up the engine enough that you could start it. And so we plug into ourselves, which is awesome because Mm -hmm. we don't need to, like, be parked up somewhere with, like, an RV park or something like that. But it was taking forever to get hot enough to start and then it, you know, finally did after like chugging it over yeah. a couple of times. We were super worried we were going to end up having to get towed. I mean, it had to be like zero degrees outside, I think, when this was going on. Yeah, so, Fahrenheit. Yeah, Fahrenheit, Celsius, I think that's what, negative 30. Oh, it's negative cold. 30, negative 20, somewhere it's in cold. there. Uh, but yeah, it was super, super cold. And, uh, you know, it was a little scary for a second there. After I got the fan running again with the, getting the bolts back in, I was able to go to Napa and get the bolts that we needed. And then I noticed that we had a little bit of a leak. Um, and another mechanic before that said something about our turbo uh, might possibly be leaking by. And then he looked at it and decided that it was okay and it really wasn't that bad. Yeah, but now we've kind of decided that it's getting worse. Yeah. The drive across the country was a lot of miles and also a lot of like rolling hills, ups and downs, yeah. like 
really pushing the engine well, and the that, leak is just getting worse. So at that point, we were at your parents' house when we got that information. So right. we then drove to uh, Michigan. Well, we went to Ontario, we were, yeah, then we went Michigan, all the way up. then Ohio, yeah. then all the way down to West we Virginia. We did a lot of miles. And West Virginia is like these rolly hills and you're really using your engine pretty good out there. And uh, then we had to come all the way back up. We did Indiana, uh, Kentucky, uh, Missouri, a bunch of different places, and then we made ourselves out to the West Coast. After mm-hmm. getting to Minnesota, we went to uh, Montana. And then when we came down from Montana, uh, when we got to Jackson Hole, we had these issues. Me and Alex discussed that we would most likely be coming to Utah because I do have a friend here yeah. that was going to allow us to hang out and uh, utilize, you know, the shower and things like that. And now he's allowing us to utilize the space, and that's where we're actually doing the podcast mm-hmm. right now, which is yeah. pretty cool. So, so thank you so much, Ryan, and thank yeah. you so much, Sarah, for allowing us to be here. Absolutely. And uh, utilize your place while uh, we're having some issues with the van. Yeah. So we had to skip Sun Valley and Snow Basin. Yep. We are hoping to get back there. We're going to go to the mechanic Monday morning and see kind of what that entails. So and until how, we have that information. And how long it will take. How long, how much. Yeah. You know, yeah. all those questions. So... We're at a bit of a standstill right now. Also, our passes are frozen this weekend. We bought the Epic and Icon local passes, and this is a holiday weekend here in the States, so they're blacked out. So we can't ski or snowboard at all this weekend. So we're taking it easy and taking the opportunity to film this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So we're happy to be talking to you guys today, and it's been a little bit. I think it's been like two weeks or so since we were able to do a podcast, so it's nice to get back and say what's up and listen to what you guys have to say as well. Mm-hmm. So this week specifically, last week we talked about starting your build, the foundation of actually getting your vehicle ready for this next phase, which is the layout. And the layout is where all the kind of the fun design elements come in. Yeah. So when we first started thinking about what we wanted our van to look like, we watched probably every single van tour video available on YouTube. And I mean, there's a ton of them out there. So guys, get cracking, get looking at these videos and and see what it is that you want. Like, cause you know, uh, see what people are doing like a similar type of lifestyle to you. Mm-hmm. Like then, if you're a big mountain biker, how yeah. are people storing their bikes? If you love going to the beach, what are the most important things to have to deal with sand maybe, or maybe the a heat? Sur- maybe a surfboard or yeah. something like that. And try to inquire these things to, to, uh, to put them in your build. And then that way you guys understand what type of layout you really need because it's super mm-hmm. hard to fit everything in this tiny little spot. Oh, you don't have a lot of room at all. So the layout is incredibly important. Mm-hmm. So as you're watching these videos, take some notes and like make a wish list of the things that you want and the things that you really, really like I had two kind of lists when I was going through this. I had a list of the things that I would love to have, kind of yeah. like a dream list. And then there's also the more practical list of the things that you actually really need to have. So my list was definitely way smaller than mm-hmm. Alex's. And right now I'm doing like a little uh, bigger to smaller movement with my hands on the on the channel here. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so basically my needs were much smaller. I just wanted to make sure we could fit the bikes and the snowboards in there and a, a bed to sleep in. And then beyond that point, it was more so like, what what do you want to utilize, Alex? You know, yeah, like, so, what do you want in this space? Yeah, I really wanted a shower. I really wanted a bathroom. Mm-hmm. I really wanted a nice kitchen to be able to do all my cooking in. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the other things that I was wanting were like design things. So I wanted like 
tile backsplash and I wanted like a really nice white and like wooden aesthetic and I so things like that are super not important <laughs> like at the time when you're looking up things and you're like thinking about what you want and the way that you want it to look I made a whole vision board I had all these ideas of like paint colors and things like that but the nuts and bolts are have to be there first which kind of pissed me off, really. Because I was like, when can we get to the pretty stuff? And Frankie was like, no, we have to finish piping everything first. And yeah. I was like, uh, this sucks. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot that we had to do before the fact. So we had to make sure that we could fit all the piping and everything behind these and the wiring behind all the walls and everything that you want mm -hmm. to put in there. So, uh, yeah, so going back to that layout, one thing that we did was we looked up these different things on, on Google and whatnot on how to make a layout and I sort of digitized the layout a little bit and then on top of that we went in the house and we actually put tape on the floor. Mm -hmm. We measured the van to see exactly what size it was going to be and then we put this tape on the floor and we looked at it and we were like, okay, we could do this, we could put this here. We got measurements of like our bed mm -hmm. and measurements of how big the uh, counter space was going to be and how wide we wanted it to stick out and uh, all these different little things. But taping the space inside your house is super, super important and it helped us Tenfold. Yeah, it really gives you an actual practical representation of how big the space is. When we put it out on our floor, both of us were like, wow, mm -hmm. like that's actually a lot of room. Yeah. And we, we would stand inside the box and yeah. like practice like moving our arms and I like remember, doing lunges. I remember laying down in the bed and be like, babe, I'm sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> it was super fun. And then you get an idea of like, okay, how is the space going to fit? everything that we want yeah and you can put the tape down in the night so we use painters tape yep. so the nice thing about that is you can kind of like play with it so mm -hmm. you can play with putting your bed long ways and then you can play with putting your bed um what's the opposite of long uh, ways so width, ways? wide wide width ways yeah and then you can play with you know if you want your cabinets to stick out 22 inches what would happen if they stuck out 24 inches mm -hmm. how much walkway would you have so you can actually move the tape around to kind of see what your different layouts would entail. Yep. So drawing it out on a piece of paper is really helpful too. And I mean, we probably had about 10 drawings of different types of things that we wanted to do and what was like practical and what wasn't practical and so on and mm -hmm. so forth. And then like we would have the drawing on paper and then we would put that, you know, dimensions and things on the tape on the ground mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then realize, ah, I don't think we're going to have enough room mm -hmm. for this. Or like, hmm, like, do we really want to give away this much space <laughs> for this particular item? Or would we rather have something else? I'm sorry, I'm smiling so hard because I'm thinking about the drawings that we made and they look like pre-K drawings, but we knew what we wanted. So, yeah. so I'm, what I'm getting at is like, don't be discouraged if you're not a great drawer because neither are both of us. No. And we still made it happen, made it look decent to where we knew what we wanted. And just getting measurements from, from here to there, from wall to like center of the space and just writing it down on the piece of paper mm -hmm. is super important and it helps you understand uh, how you're utilizing your space. Mm -hmm. There are a couple of programs that you can go online to get like that really jazzy, like so professional van build layout. Mm -hmm. And we tried a couple of them. If you just Google like van layout designer, you can find a bunch of different websites. We tried them and we just never really found one that was actually very good, especially no. one that was free. Cause a lot of them want you to pay for their service, yeah. which I'm sure is great. But 
we had our paper and pencil drawings and we had our <laughs> tape on the ground and we kind of knew what we wanted to do. And so, yeah, it might've been nice to visualize it in like a 3D way yeah. on the computer, but we both kind of decided that we didn't need to spend the extra money to do that. Um, and I think if we went back and looked at our drawings, what we ended up with was pretty- Very close. Very, very close similar. to what, mm -hmm. and like, as you're actually doing the build, you might realize that, you know, instead of this being 24 inches, it's only gonna be 23 inches yeah. or whatever, but at least you have the idea of like, the space and the layout and like, where's the shower going? Where is the bathroom going? Where is the sh like storage gonna go? Mm -hmm. And then like, you also gotta think about like, what kind of carpentry skills do you have if you're gonna do it yourself and, or if you're gonna hire somebody to do it, a master carpenter would probably be the best way to go. I mean, you're, <laughs> you're gonna spend a hell of a lot more money, but mm -hmm. your, your stuff is gonna look absolutely phenomenal. But if, but like to remind you, if you do have some type of skills in measuring and cutting, it's not as hard as you think it is. I mean, I had no skills whatsoever in that, and I think our build came out beautifully. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody that we show it to is like, wow, Wow, this van looks amazing mm -hmm. uh, but don't plan beyond your means uh, and like think about how much you actually have to spend and uh, what you can actually put in there um, and then really make your layout specific to that point mm -hmm. and so that being said it's like if your plan has crazy intricate woodwork mm -hmm. or you're looking to have some like weird cabinet thing where this drawer pulls out and that drawer goes this way and then this one comes slides and you got a lazy suits in and blah 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 and you have no carpentry skills but you're planning on doing it all by yourself you're gonna end up at a place where you just like can't do what you want to do and like remember too that you do have youtube and stuff like that on your side there's a ton of information out there for instance we wanted to build a bench sheet that pulled out but we also wanted to put a toilet bowl seat under there and a shower and yeah. all these different things yeah. under there and we had no idea how to do it we looked up a few different types of ways to do it and then alex and i put our brains together and luckily enough we were able to figure it out and uh, we still have a little kink in there with uh, like when the thing pulls out, there's a pretty big opening. In yeah, I mean, we are not master carpenters, no. but we did the best that we could. Yeah. And I think every everything is functional. Mm -hmm. Everything looks pretty good. Yeah. It's a little bit sticky to pull out, yeah, I think but it, it pulls get, out. I think it's getting better too as we do it more often. Mm -hmm. It seems to like starting to get loose because the rub the wood's rubbing together and yeah. it's starting to come apart. The other thing that we really like slacked on was sanding Yeah. and, and we varnishing. Didn't we didn't sand or varnish no. anything. We were just like, get it in, yeah. get it done. Let's get it done, we got a deadline, <laughs> we got a deadline. So, you know, if your carpentry skills, where they're at, and then your timeline too, because mm -hmm. if you're planning some crazy intricate build but you've only got two months to do it, you're gonna have some real tough Yeah, times. we were down to the wire for sure. Yeah. I mean, we actually left later than we even wanted to. The van when we even showed it off wasn't completely finished. No, yeah, when we had a van warming party, which was super fun, and our friends really enjoyed seeing our finished product. Yeah. Um, but we were working up until the minute the parties, like literally we were 10 minutes late to our party because we were still finishing building the van. And then even then we had to go back and do more and finish what we had wanted to do yeah. because everything in a van build just takes longer than you think you it's going to yeah. take you go in in the morning and you're like okay we'll be done this project by the end of the day yeah. and then you're only a quarter of the way through because you didn't have the tool or you didn't have the part or then it turned out to be more complicated than yeah. you thought that it was going to be 
If you think something's gonna take an hour, it's taken two hours. If you think something's gonna take four hours, it's taken eight hours. So just double it, and that's really what the time it should take is, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, but so when you're doing your layout, when you're thinking about it, one of the big things you have to think about is your bed is probably gonna be the biggest aspect of your layout because technically it could take up the most amount of space mm -hmm. in your life. For sure. So our bed is with supplies, pushed all the way to the back, raised fairly high. Mm -hmm. And the reason that we did this is because we wanted to have tons of storage space when you open the back doors from the <coughs> back. We needed a huge amount of space back there mm -hmm. to store the bikes, to store the snowboards, mm -hmm. to have all our water tanks inside, because that was something else we had to think about within the layout. Well, because we were gonna be doing winter stuff, we didn't want it to freeze as easy, so we had to put everything inside for mm -hmm. sure. And even with it inside, it still froze up. Yeah. So you need to think about like, if you're gonna be doing a lot of winter things and you've got these giant water tanks, some people don't wanna have the giant water tanks and they just do the six gallon jugs and they keep them under the sink and that's cool too. And then you're gonna save a ton of time on plumbing. Yeah, and to be honest, that might even be the way to go because having all that extra water is great and all, but at the same time, uh, you, I mean, it might be harder to find places to fill up, but it's harder, I think, for us to fill up because you could almost go to anywhere with a five gallon jug and go to one of those like a uh, uh, place where they have the water dispensers mm -hmm. and you just fill up your jug there where we have, have to, to get like a hose. hose and like do all these other extra things so it's definitely a, a big uh, dilemma that you have to think about there you know you could you could either be stuck on the side of the road with no water even though you have a ton of extra room for it mm -hmm. but you know then you have this little tank and if you're off grid you might have to go back to the store a lot more often than being off grid for as long as you want mm -hmm. or in the sense of like two weeks three weeks depending on how much you use yeah our water tank generally lasts like three weeks it's about three weeks um and so far it's been fine filling up, but it's a little bit trickier in the winter mm -hmm. to find places to fill up because a lot of people close their hoses mm -hmm. for the winter season because they don't want their pipes to freeze up. Okay. Understandably so, but then it gets a little bit more tricky for us because we need an outdoor winterized spigot, spigot <laughs> to hook our system up into. Mm -hmm. So. It's like pros and cons of everything. We have so much water that we can go off grid for like three weeks and shower and do dishes and drink clean water mm -hmm. and that's all cool. But then we had to super factor that to our layout where these tanks were gonna go, where all the plumbing was gonna go, where the hot water heater was gonna go. Mm -hmm. All this had to be kind of considered when we were designing our build. Yeah, another thing is Alex cooks very often. So another thing maybe that we could have did differently was actually build the stove into the kitchen's area so mm -hmm. like into the wood on top and then have the propane underneath type of thing might have been a better way to go because then you could have utilized that that area a little bit better in the sense of like being able to just cook whenever you want you right just turn on the stove and it's good to go and bing bang boom done but instead you know we have a two propane like coleman stove that we have to bring out and put on top every single time which is fine and all you know it works mm -hmm. and then it you're just also makes mobile. you think twice before you yeah. go you're like mm, i could go for a cup of tea and then you're like Ugh, do i really want to take the stove out and deal with all that i mean there's also other ways around it you could jump into like these uh like these uh resorts and go try to get hot yeah you can get hot water anywhere Ho really hopefully like it's free from a 7-eleven or whatever but and most spots it's free yeah most spots i've paid anyway. like 25 to 50 cents before totally. to get a hot cup of water in the last two months yeah yeah <laughs> yeah 
twice, I think. Yeah. And I was like, seriously? Yeah. Here's your quarter. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> like, really? It was my own cup, too. Yeah. Anyway, so the other thing that a lot of people think they absolutely need in a van build is a shower. Oh, and you really don't need it that often, especially if you have like a gym membership or something along those lines. You have friends all over the country, things like that, that allow you to like jump in the house real quick and take a shower. I mean, you don't want to overextend the welcome and the, the graciousness that these people are giving to you. But at the same time, most of them are like really like think what you're doing is pretty cool and they're welcoming and they want you to come in and take a shower and do whatever you need to do mm -hmm. because then you're they're part of your journey you know what i mean they're part of your experience which is really cool and we're also super thankful for all these people mm -hmm. um but there are free places to take showers there's truck stops that you could actually go to and take showers mm -hmm. there's so many different places to actually go and take a shower which mm -hmm. is amazing but uh and i'm sure there's more even in the summertime yeah, and like in the summertime, you can do a lot more outdoor showers. Mm -hmm. So even just on our sink, we can attach a quick connect yep. hose that goes to a shower head yep. and we can stand outside of our van and shower. And, and then at that point, we're not like worried about water as much because now it's summer and everybody's hoses are open again. Yeah, so it would like, be easy to fill up. You know, up. it's a lot easier to fill up. So you're not really worried about the water as much. So yeah. it makes it a lot easier to shower in the summertime for sure. Yeah, but as this was our first van build and neither of us had lived in this type of yeah. lifestyle before we thought it was going to be super important to have a shower because mm -hmm. frankie was used to showering like sometimes twice a day every day oh, yeah coming home from work like a dirty job and all that you want to be able to jump in the shower and then i like i normally would like to take a shower in the morning which is something that i'm not in the habit of anymore which is really crazy to think about like i wake up and i feel good and i'm ready to go but back when we were living in a regular home, I pretty much always needed a shower in the morning to feel like I was waking up. Mm -hmm. And I didn't I didn't drink coffee and I don't really drink it much anymore, but no. But uh, you know, now I should say, but yeah, I mean I needed that shower in the morning. It was crazy. Yeah. And I thought that I you know, I was like a, a every other day shower kind of person. Like I needed a shower every mm -hmm. other day or my hair would be greasy or whatever. But like now we're going like I think probably the max that we've done is like four three, days. Three to four days, yeah. Because there's Planet Fitnesses everywhere, which mm -hmm. is the membership that we have. And so what I'll do is I'll just pull up, you know, we're going from here to here. And then I'll go in Google Maps and I'll say, find along the route, Planet Fitness. Mm -hmm. And then you find one, then it's maybe like five minutes off of your route or whatever. And then you can go and easily have a shower super quickly. I mean, realistically too, it... If you just went to like a, a bathroom and just wash like, you know, underneath your arms and pits stuff and like ditch. that. Yeah, pits and ditch is a really, a really key thing because that's really where you start to smell. I mean, other mm -hmm. than that, you're you can get good. baby wipes and things like that yeah, as well. We've and, used them before. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so I'm glad that we didn't commit the space to a full, actual, built yeah. out, tall shower. For sure. Um, because just the water consumption alone would make it really annoying because then we'd have to be filling up a lot more often. I think then we would have to fill up every two weeks at least. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, depending on how much we were using it even yeah. more. And then we would have all this space that was kind of like, I, from what I've seen from other van builds is that the shower kind of becomes storage space. Yeah, like a hanging space. For yeah, or like they do like just that. like, it's like a catch all. So then you end up throwing all this random stuff in there. And then mm. when you do want to have a shower, you have to take all the random stuff out of there yeah. and then have the shower and then get it all back in. And it's a whole Well, even deal. for instance, our shower, that's the pullout shower. It's just full of it. stuff. It's right full of stuff. So if we even wanted to take a shower, you would have to literally take everything out. And then honestly, you would have to like put all that stuff in like a plastic bag if we were using it all. 
whole time because the base of it would get dirt, uh, not dirty, wet. but wet. And then you would have to take like either a rag and wipe that all down. But you know, there's still some residual water in there. Yeah, or just like wait yeah, for it or, to dry yeah, for a couple for it to of dry hours and then and... put it back in. And yeah, it's it's it could be fairly annoying in in the sense of having to shower yeah. in the van. So I'm glad that we have it, but we literally have not used it. No, once. not once. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you never know. Maybe yeah, someday it'll come in super yeah, handy and yeah. we'll be glad for it. I but. think I think we would wind up using it if like we were in like the middle of the desert somewhere and we were like collecting like salt and, and just and like stuff covered and in like sand yeah. and stuff like on our bodies. Yeah. I think but we if we were there, then we would be able to probably use the outdoor shower. Yeah. Because it would probably be warm enough yeah. that we would be comfortable doing that. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I agree. The other thing that people really feel like they need in a van build is a bathroom, which I'm really glad that we have. Well, it's well, we so we have a urine diverter and like a bucket where we would use like a composting type of toilet, or, and uh, we would pour some peat solder in there and stuff. We have yet to use that part of it because we're trying not to use it unless it's like an absolute emergency. And even when we've had absolute emergencies, <laughs> we still went to the place to try to do it outside of the house. Alex, we don't need to get into this story right now, but it's certainly handy to have in case of emergencies. Is that a future story? Maybe. I don't know. We'll see how I feel about it later. It's still pretty fresh. <laughs> Literally. Oh. oh, man. That's great. But the urine diverter has been super handy. Yeah, because at night, you know, Alex will tend to get up to use the bathroom more than I do. But there are times where I get up. But in the morning, to be able to just go and use the bathroom. Like, right to away. Pee, to right pee away, is, is so, so clutch. Yeah. It's so clutch. And especially in the middle of the night. Ew. We were talking to some van lifers the other day. And they don't have anywhere to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And the girl was saying that her boyfriend will pee in random jugs and oh, stuff. Oh, no, I just remember the story. Yeah, and then she said that one night she just, like, reached to the bedside table to have a sip of, like, soda or whatever that was in the can right by the bedside table. And she drank his pee. Oh. I know. No. Not okay. It's not okay. So if you don't have somewhere to pee, make sure that you're peeing in something that you're tying off and is super well labeled yeah. that, like, nobody's going to mistake yeah. for something. Because that's gross. I mean, listen, everybody has a different lifestyle. I just definitely don't want to drink pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there, bud. So the urine diverter is literally just um, almost like a funnel that funnels right out. We drilled a hole in the base of the truck. Yep. So it goes right out to the ground, out, to the, to, the earth. out to the earth. Yep. And it's just pee. Yeah, and then afterwards, it. we spritz it with, I have a little spray bottle with um, probably like three quarters water, one quarter vinegar. Mm -hmm. And then I'll add some essential oils. And you do not smell the pee in the van at all as long as you spritz it down. Um, you know, you don't realize how strong the scent of pee actually is, though, until you're living in a van or something like that, where it's like... Not going you know, directly not into going, a bowl of water. Yeah, yeah, exactly, where it's killing the scent immediately. But um, but even then, you still sometimes smell urine. But yeah, at least you get to flush it down type of thing. So mm -hmm. it's great having that urine diverter that just goes directly out. It really helps mm -hmm. a lot. The only thing is there's times where you use the bathroom in the morning, there's a nice, like, streak of... Pee oh, it's kind of funny. Yeah, we'll walk out and like if it's a wet day or a you know snowy day, you yeah. really can't tell. I mean, in the snow, you could see like you know a little spot. Little or yellow. Whatever. Uh, we've definitely like kicked some fresh snow over it Old before yellow. we left places. But like this morning, for example, when we left the van, it was just literally like a stream coming out. Yeah, but you know that disappears. It and it's all natural. It's all I natural. Mean, 
you know, it's not like it would be we're one dumping thing if chemicals we, yeah, down there. It would be one thing if we were dumping chemicals into it and, and you know, then we were using it and that was flushing out to the earth mm-hmm. and then we were destroying things, but that's not what we're doing yeah. here. So. And the reason that we went with this option was that it was very low cost. Mm-hmm. I will say that it was tricky to find a urine diverter that wasn't super expensive. Yeah, we found one for like 50 bucks a euro, 50 euros. Yeah, like. so... They we got to... shipped from Europe, and we were <laughs> yeah. like, is this thing even going to come? We were a little worried about it, but it, it showed it up. Came and it, it's it showed perfect, up. Um, yeah. but a lot of them were like 150, 200 bucks just for the urine diverter, which yeah. I thought was very strange, but... Even at $200, it was still way less expensive mm-hmm. than something like a, a real like cassette toilet or a, comp, a real composting toilet or like a nature set yeah. or something like that, which a lot of people use, but those can be in like the 800, 1000 plus yeah. price range. And then you have to deal with the cleaning of those and the emptying of those. Mm-hmm. So just like we have to go to find water places, you would have to go to find a dumping station. Yeah. Another thing we found really important and very clutch in our build was uh, that bedside table. Mm-hmm. The bedside table is probably one of the best areas because it's like has the little lip on it too. So like even when we're driving, we could store stuff there and like it doesn't. You don't have to worry about it falling out or things rattling around. And uh, yeah, that bedside table has been super clutch. Yeah, I agree for yeah. sure. The little masks and a couple books mm-hmm. and things like that. And even the table next to it, the standing desk was uh, super good. I think uh, mm-hmm. we we don't utilize it um, uh, enough, but I feel like you might utilize it a little bit more. I utilize it a little bit like more, like or like, or like I'll that. put my makeup up there mm-hmm. and I'll like use that as a station mm-hmm. for that but what's really good for that is the storage underneath oh yeah that's amazing so the thing that's very important in your layout is making sure that you have enough storage yeah. space because you're, you're gonna have clothing you're gonna that's our have, dresser yeah it is our dresser so we originally started with basically a chest of drawers and a hanging closet yeah the hanging closet was super not effective it wasn't wide enough to begin with Mm -hmm. and then we had maybe like 10 things hanging in there they were so jammed tight together and then it was too short which you know it was our fault whatever we didn't think about it but it was too short so all the clothes were just like bunching up on the ground so you would have super packed in pretty wrinkled clothes anyways um so what we've done with that hanging area is put hooks the whole way around the outside mm-hmm. of it. The bar is still there, and now the bar, I have some like belts and some hats hanging off of it. But then all the stuff that I wanted to hang, I have hung on the hooks around it. Which made it way better. It made it way better, and then it's actually like a usable space now, yeah. whereas before it was just so jam-tight. Now you have like some more room in the very center of it to actually pile some stuff up. Right. I mean, uh, there's a possibility later on we could even put some drawers in there, like how we have the one next to yeah, it. Yeah, maybe. Get rid of those hangers. It's, it's working pretty or you good could, right Or you now. could hang, like, uh, smaller items in there and then make, mm-hmm. like, two more drawers in there to make it even more usable. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it definitely works way better and the way, like, you you fold the clothes in there and stuff and hang them uh, makes it to where we actually have clothes that don't get wrinkled mm-hmm. that are more important clothes for, like, going out at night with friends and when we visit new people or something like that. Mm-hmm. We can actually look... You know, like we don't live in a van. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so next to that, where the standing desk is, we have I think five or six rows of clothing bins. So mm-hmm. those are super handy for all the folded clothes, the pants, anything like that. And then the top one is basically all of my toiletries. <laughs> it's literally all my stuff. Mm-hmm. So like uh, face creams and stuff like that. I'd the- say about ninety percent of it is our stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and pretty. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. The other really clutch storage space, um, of course, the kitchen. So we designed the kitchen that we would have a cupboard that was big enough for our camping stove. Mm -hmm. We have a nook that's the perfect size for our toaster oven. Mm -hmm. We have a pull-out drawer that's the perfect size for our fridge. Yeah. So all of these things we and had to think about after we purchased the items. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we we you have to definitely go out there and purchase your items first so you know the size of them. That way you know the, the dimensions of everything. That way you could cut everything properly if you're doing it yourself. Or even for a carpenter to know, he's going to have to know what type of products you're going to be yeah, utilizing. Yeah, how big does your drawer yeah. need to be? Because he has to then measure the size, width, length, and height, and then put it all together to where every, everything actually fits properly. Luckily, like, somehow we made it work out mm -hmm, perfectly. Yeah. Like, we did pur purchase these things in advance, but we knew, like, okay, we don't necessarily know how big this is going to be. Well, we also, like, online, they give you the dimensions yeah. of products. So, like, if you're looking at a camping stove, you can see the length, width, and height. Mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely easier to actually have the item so that you can kind of test putting yeah. it in and pulling it out and yeah. making sure that it's actually usable. Mm -hmm. um, like, for a fridge, for example, we really needed to have the actual fridge. Yeah. Our fridge opens literally perfectly. There's maybe, like three millimeters it. between so the farthest that it can pull out and the the, the lid of it actually being able to open and close. Even where like the magnet is that holds the drawer together, it like almost blocks the power on, power off button. And like you just barely get your finger on that. And like you, you could still turn up and down the temperature of the, of the refrigerator, which is fortunate. And I think one other thing is the drawer wound up being a little bit wider. But we, we benefited from that because you're able to put your spices and things mm -hmm. like that next to the fridge. So it gave us more storage room, which actually wound up being perfect. Yeah. But if we hadn't had that fridge beforehand, we wouldn't, we wouldn't have known the exact dimensions of that drawer. And even then, there was still handles and things like that that had to get taken yeah, off Yeah, we had to the take fridge. the handles off the fridge. Mm -hmm. Even like the feet, the feet that like sit, it sits on and stuff, we had to take those off as well in order for it to be able to put that magnet in place. And uh, yeah, so there's a lot of things that we actually had to make it so it was like an exact square rectangle mm -hmm. rather than having like these little pieces popping off mm -hmm. that, that you uh, would utilize. I mean, you could leave it wide open too where it's not covered because that's completely, we have it like, you know, that sealed door. Right. You know, where you could leave it open and it'd just be a sliding yeah. door type of thing, a sliding yeah. drawer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But so having these kind of bigger items is super handy. Uh, the other drawers didn't really matter because like for the storage bins, for example, we made the cupboard and then I found storage bins that fit inside the, the cupboard. cupboard. So that doesn't matter. But for the bigger items, especially if you're gonna be spending some money on them, mm -hmm. like these fridges are expensive. The mm -hmm. toaster ovens, we got ours for free on Facebook Marketplace, yeah. which super definitely check out yeah, if Facebook you're looking Market for things like that. Legit. Yeah, so good. Um, but like for those bigger items that you want kind of like a custom nook for, yeah. you really need to have them beforehand yeah, for sure. or else you won't be able to build it properly. So the other, our top storage, for example, we built without really thinking. We just kind of was like, okay, we need a, we need an upper shelf cabinet. Are you talking about it. the one uh, above the above kitchen, the kitchen area? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. So we put the... Right, you built it all. It yeah, I built it all out. It looked perfect. We didn't want it to protrude out too much. So, like, I built it to the, like, 
the depth or the, the yeah the depth that I thought Alex would like in the sense of like if we're gonna put a you know things here you know she might not want it to be out too far like then she leans over and she hits her head on it or something like that or myself mm-hmm. and but so what happened is that none of our large plates fit in it oops so now I mean not that we really you no, I we, don't even miss them at all no but we so use the small plates we use the small plates and mainly we use the bowls yeah we use the we, bowls we, a we lot. eat out of bowls a lot <laughs> which is really like because you don't want to drop everything everywhere so like a bowl like sort of hugs your food in place yeah and, like it keeps it in a nice tight area yeah. where with a plate you like make the wrong movement and everything's going everywhere in the yeah van. and you're trying to keep this tiny space as clean as possible you know so yeah. and frank eats a lot when he drives we yeah. both kind of do so mm-hmm. it's important that we're not making it more complicated than it needs to be i think we would eat less while driving if we weren't driving so much at this yeah moment. that's our but, own that's our, we're yeah, trying that's, to do these 71 mountains. Yeah, that's our goal that we're trying to hit, and it is not easy, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, anything? Oh, the other super clutch storage space is above the driver's oh, yeah. seat. That was the hardest thing in the world to build, though, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, so as soon as we got the van, we literally ripped out all the lining from the front cab area because mm-hmm. it was so dirty and oh, gross. disgusting. The guy before was definitely a smoker, and you could see, like, patches of, like, Nicotine. cigarette smoke. And yeah. it was just really, really, really dirty, and I was like, there's no way that we're ever getting this I remember clean. even, like, pulling off the carpet from there and, like, seeing, like, the nicotine stain like on the actual like metal, metal. yeah oh. it was gross so gross so we pulled it off but then we had this giant like metal cavern mm-hmm. to then deal with so Frankie carpeted it to give it some insulation at first but I didn't have anybody to help me and really what I should have did is I like, cut these strips out and then put it up one piece at a time but instead I tried putting a whole piece up at once and I took like I took the pieces of wood and jammed them into the seats and like uh, glued everything up and and let it sort of sit there for a while and it was too cold for the glue to really like adhere really quickly so like it took like four hours just for that to even like stick enough to where I could build the rest of it and then I took pieces of wood and put them all around the the um, circular area of the front of the truck and I drilled those in and then I had to cut out two pieces specific to each side because they're not exactly the same unfortunately and uh that took me like two or three different cuts to make that happen i only had so much wood to make this happen so then i cut the two parts out put it in there and i had to take another piece of wood to lay it on top drill it all in place and then a two by four to come all the way across to give it structure and keep everything nice and tight and then we fabric, we put fabric on it and carpet down to make it to where none of the, the screws or anything like that is showing mm-hmm. or gonna like, you know, cut into you or anything like that. But it, it came out really nice and there's a ton of stuff up there. Mm-hmm. It, it's a super handy storage area. Really is. Especially for bigger items like, like yoga, mats, yoga mats, our back roller. roller. Yeah. Um, we store some like big bulky sweaters up we, there. We even, in, put, like, we even put like the tripod for the main camera up yeah. there. We, we put up uh, we a have, goggle. We have like gimbals goggles yeah. more like bigger sweaters and yep. stuff like that so there's a ton of stuff up there yeah and it's super super helpful yeah so having all these different storage areas mm-hmm. has been super clutch because i mean we downsized a ton oh yeah and then we moved in and then we downsized even more yeah. 
And even still, like, basically all of the areas are pretty full. Yeah, they're pretty full. I mean, there's a couple things that are probably less full than they were in the beginning, for sure, because we downsized again, Mm -hmm. which is nice, because then we have room for some other things if we wind up wanting to bring that into the build and, and... you know, store some extra stuff because I know I'm gonna need more equipment for my snowboard and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna need some like, you know, trans- transistors and yeah, a bunch of different type of stuff so I could go backcountry riding. Yeah. Eyelash on you. That's just driving. Okay, don't worry about it. Okay. We'll get it later. All right. So I think that those are kind of the big major things that you need to think about when you're designing your layout. So- oh, heat. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like we're doing winter stuff, so we wanted to put a heater in there instead of having like the mm-hmm. S bar heater. We went with a Chinese brand that's working fairly well. The only issue is it doesn't shut off and turn on uh, unless I put it's it on not a, a timer. temperature control. Well, I could put it on a timer and it could mm-hmm. shut off like during a certain t- time of the day. But the issue is, is that like since we are in a colder place right now, we don't want things to freeze up, and right now we can't use our inverter. Uh, just due to the fact that we need to make a change that that's half the reason why we're out in Utah right now But uh, yeah, so back to the diesel heater. Uh, it works super well keeps us really warm um, You know because we did insulate and do everything properly mm-hmm. uh, It keeps the space wonderful and we put it right underneath the passenger side seat Which is a great area for it because it really warms up the whole cabin and the bed is high and heat rises so uh, we get nice and warm back there. The only issue that I have with it is that it doesn't get to the garage storage area well enough mm-hmm. to keep everything super warm back there with the water tanks being back there. So maybe being able to run a second uh, uh, pipe underneath the floor or, or or hosing underneath the floor to then add to the back would have been a good idea before we laid the floor down, mm-hmm. um, you know, just for you guys to think about. If you guys are making this uh, winter van build. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But this is kind of like the most exciting part of your build, in a sense, beyond the completion part. Because you can really use your imagination and really start to think about and visualize what mm-hmm. it's going to be like living in your van. Mm-hmm. So having it taped out on the floor, like we said, and then, you know, like sitting where your chair would be yeah. or like cooking where your kitchen would be. And yeah. you're almost kind of like playing house. In this kind of like make believe space, it brings you back to like being four years old. Yeah. Like you're like running around, you have like these little imaginary things that you're flipping up and down, and you know, you, it really it really gets your creative mind going, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. And the the options are limitless. Mm-hmm. Whatever you can imagine and build, you could do it. Yeah. Um. So just. You know, do your research, read up, watch a bunch of videos, see what you like, make the list of wishes and wants and dreams. Mm-hmm. Start visualizing yourself actually living in the space. Imagine what it be, would be like kind of in like a day of the life of doing the things that you want to be doing in your van life adventures. Or and what when, would be most useful? Even when like maybe when you're partially done with your van, take your van for a trip and like understand what it is you might need in the van more than you don't need in the van. Mm-hmm. And you get a better understanding for what it is that you use and what you don't use if you're gone for even just a week. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. So next week on the podcast, we're going to be talking about um, getting the walls and the floors done in your build mm-hmm. um so that's kind of like creating the interior box mm-hmm. of your exterior box home yep. so be sure to stay tuned for that um and until then our question for the week so what are you most grateful for this week <laughs>
this week I'm grateful for the fact that we do have family and friends along uh, our travels and we do have places that we could stay uh, when there are things that are going wrong but I'm super grateful for just us being in a positive mindset even though that we're gonna be spending a fair amount of money to make these fixes happen but uh, yeah just positive mindset um, keep staying positive and keep the good vibes going because the universe works in good ways and uh, I think it will help you if you stay positive mm-hmm. so that's what I'm grateful for I'm super grateful for Lolo, because even though there's been some issues with the engine and little things going wrong here and there, she's been an absolute beast. She really has. And killing it on the miles. Like, we just went over 2,200. 220,000. 220,000 miles. Um, And honestly, she's running really great. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, we have this little issue that we have to deal with. Um, and you know, that's gonna, if you're buying an older vehicle and you're pushing it to its limit, you know, I mean, that vehicle probably hasn't been ran like that in a very long time. Yeah. So So she's doing really well. And I'm super grateful for that because, you know, it is our home and our home needs to also operate as a vehicle Mm -hmm. and she's been doing really good. Yes, she has. Yeah. Yeah. I'm proud of it too. Mm -hmm. And she's even got us through places that I didn't think that she would. So I I agree. I'm super grateful for Lolo as well. All right. So I think that's it for this week. Um, Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. You can watch the full replay on YouTube if you want to watch us talk about it. (laughs) And until next time. Yeah. Until next time, we'll see you guys. And, uh, you know, make sure you think about everything that you want to do. And we hope to see you guys on the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be sure to follow our Instagram stories. Frankie is um, at F-bomb underscore vlogs. And Alex is at the Hungry Health Coach. Yeah. And so in our stories, we're always sharing where we're at and where we're going. So if you're going to be in the area, be sure to drop us a line and we would love to meet you. Yeah. Say what's up. Don't be shy. <laughs> All right, guys. That's all for this week. Peace. If you guys are loving this FNA podcast and you want more, you're in luck. We've decided to release a special exclusive podcast every single month that's going to take you way more behind the scenes on what van life is really like. All you have to do is just join our Patreon and we're going to hook you guys up. Patreon is a website where you can support creators that you love, hopefully like us, FNA Van Life. For a small monthly donation, you guys are going to get more podcasts from us and also direct access to our YouTube videos before they even come out. Go to FNAVanLife.com slash Patreon to sign up today and get instant access to so much behind the scenes content.